Welcome, everyone, to Worldwide Chels Podcast. This is for your Wolves review. A little bit, we'll touch a little bit on the Bowley uh, ownership situation. This is episode 101, I believe. So we're we're after the century mark, uh, upwards and onwards. Please don't forget to leave a rating on Apple Pods and uh, Spotify. Uh, leave us some comments. See, you know, if you want to come on, leave us that in the comment too. Maybe we'll we'll bring some fans on. But uh, yeah, we're we're uh, going to talk about the uh, big bottle job today. And uh, with me is my brother from down under, Alfred. How you doing today? I'm very well, thanks. Just as always, a pleasure, never a chore to speak to you, my friend. It has been a while, actually. Um, so good to be uh, on here for the first time and with you as somebody as that I've always found interesting to listen to. So, uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm good. Uh, obviously, very frustrated at the result because it's one that we, we needed as Tottenham and Arsenal are starting to creep up and from being in a very, very comfortable position at one point, we've now gone to having to look over our shoulders. So very, very frustrating. We needed this. Oh, I agree 100%. But hey, at least we can say we're not United fans, right? (laughs) Yeah, well, that's right. There was definitely a result to, shall we say, brighten up our day. Yeah, it just, uh, it would have been better, right, if we had gotten the win, and then we could have laughed even more at United, but, uh, you know, we'll move. Um, So the first thing I want to ask you about is, uh, we found out late last night, or early this morning, wherever in the world you are, uh, that Todd Voley has signed a contractual agreement to purchase um, Chelsea Football Club. It's not done yet, of course, we have... The UK government have to approve, and the Premier League has to approve. Uh, your thoughts on Todd Bowley? Uh, look, as you said, it's uh, yeah, not done yet. But if if Chelsea Football Club themselves go as far as to make a statement on what's going on, then I think we can assume that it's uh, it's very very promising, and we probably shouldn't have anything to worry about. But Absolutely fantastic news because it's the news that we've been waiting for for a long time. A lot of our fellow supporters have been very, very stressed out about this for a long time now. We've just been wanting it to be over and done with. And now we can begin to look forward to our future. And most importantly, perhaps currently, we'll still be in the Premier League next season because... That was a bit of a worry, wasn't it, at one point, not being able to get the licenses to to actually be in the in the league next season. So it looks like we won't have that problem anymore. Um, I don't know too much about him myself, but I have heard that he that he does run uh, other sporting organisations very well. So that's reassuring because as a as a lot of us know, there have been some owners in charge of certain clubs in the Premier League that their supporters absolutely hate and want out, particularly 
Manchester United and Arsenal supporters. So hopefully he will be very good for us. Yeah, let, let's hope so. I think that, uh, of course, you're always going to have those people who, who, because of the Glazers and the Cronkies owning clubs and their fans not liking them because of where they're from or who they are, you're always going to have that apprehension in our fan base. But he seems like he is uh, more like an FSG type in structure, which are the owners of Liverpool. He uses analytics a lot. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, just like I would anybody who came in. Uh, there's no reason to go in pessimistic. Right when I, you know, say the cup is half full, not half empty, right? Mm. No, I, I agree. Just because the other owners uh, run their clubs questionably doesn't mean that the same applies to to everyone else. You know, so it's a very exciting time for us. And I do believe that if you're going to buy a club like Chelsea Football Club that has been the most successful club in England over the last couple of decades, then you know that it's a club that has uh, high uh, expectations and wants to keep on winning. So you would only assume that if you buy this club, then uh, you do so because you want to help this club continue to do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that anybody wants to invest this type of money and then tank it, right? That's not uh, something yeah. That, that, yeah, that's, I don't think that's something that they, that billionaires don't like to lose money. So um, that's, but that's enough about ownership because that's a, a podcast we can probably do on its own. Um, let's get into our 2-2 draw with Wolves today. Um, go into the lineup real quick. Uh, Mendy started in goal. Um, from left to right, we had Rudiger, Silva, and Dave. Uh, for y'all that don't know, Dave is Cesar Asquiqueta. It's just easy to say Dave sometimes. Uh, Marcus Alonso, Mateo Kovacic, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Reese James. Uh, playing the 10 role was Christian Pulisic. Uh, left striker, Timo Werner. Right striker, Romelu Lukaku. Um Alfred, when you saw this lineup come out, what was your initial thoughts? Uh, I I didn't have any problems with it. I was actually excited. Firstly, because uh, I'm a massive, massive fan of Pulisic, and I think that he he should be given more opportunities. So it was it was good to see him uh, get a game today, and also. I've been, I have been wanting to see Werner and Lukaku play together again. Um, so it was, it was nice to see that as well. Um, I, no, I can't say that I had any problems with the lineup, to be honest. Right. And, and for myself, I, I actually put a lineup out and the only two I got wrong were Lukaku and Pulisic. Other than that, I was spot on. I, I had uh, Mountain Havertz because that's what we had been playing most recently. Uh, so that's the team that, that, that started the, the match. Um, going into the first half, uh, we had a couple chances. Um, Mateo Kovacic played uh, Lukaku in. Uh, it was on his weaker right foot and uh, didn't, didn't manage to get it past Saw. And then we have the two, con- well, 
one controversial moment, the second one, not not as much. Offsides to me is offsides or you're not offsides, really. Uh, yeah. The first one, uh, I believe it was Christian Pulisic that played Werner in, if I got that right. And um, Werner scores, but before he's able to put the ball in the back of the net, the referee blew his whistle, which shouldn't have been done, number one. Um, they're, they're taught not to blow their whistle if something is, is 50-50, because if the ball goes in the back of the net, VAR can review it. But he did blow his whistle, so it's a dead ball, and the shot never happened in, in context of, of, of the game. Um, so your thoughts, was that a foul that Werner committed or was it a poor call from the referee? Um, I, I think it was a poor, uh, a poor call from the referee, to be honest, but isn't it just, isn't it just so typical of, uh, something like that that happened to Timo Werner? It's been the story of his career at Chelsea. It's getting ridiculous at this point. Every time, almost every time he scores, something happens <laughs> you know so yeah unbelievable yeah and for me as well i did not think it was a foul and it was Werner's best moment in that game <laughs> so it would be all da- downhill for, for me from timo after that um i think that was his brightest moment and it was it, he put it the way he put the ball away very nicely uh to me it's, we should have been one up at that point but yep as uh, luck would have it, it, it was doesn't matter because it, the play never happened after the foul. Um, the second point of contention in the first half was uh, the corner that Ruben scored off of. Uh, of course, it was it was headed on. Uh, I want to say by Tiago came off Tiago's head, hit Rudiger, hit. Um, Lukaku, and then eventually scored by Ruben. And it took about what seemed like an eternity to figure it out, but uh, because of of Lukaku's last touch, RLC was offside, and unfortunately, there's not much debate, because once you watch it back in in super slow-mo, Ruben is offside when he takes the shot, correct? Yeah, yes, I, I agree, unfortunately. So there, there wasn't a whole mut, a whole lot to to really talk about in the first half. There was some um, breakaways from Wolves. Uh, of course, they were sitting back, playing a low block, trying to hit us on the counter, and there were a, a few of those, but they were not very dangerous. Um, they were more dangerous to me in the second half than the first half. Oh, uh, what were your? Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was just, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. Okay. So what were your overall thoughts in the, in, about the first half? Uh, not much happened other than the two things we highlighted. Well, one thing I can say for sure is that we we definitely didn't look like we were going to capitulate like we did in the second half. You know, we looked, we, we, we were creating our chances. We looked, you know, not, not, too much in the in trouble, you know. We uh, we did pretty well 
for for the first half, I believe. It, it was just it was just after the the two nil uh, lead that we fell asleep, like we always do. Yeah, it seems to be a, a habit, and you don't want to get in that type of habit. That's one. It's called a bad habit. Yeah, it's actually cost us a lot, a lot of games, uh, not just this season, but in the last uh, in the last few. To be honest, it just seems like it's a it's in Chelsea DNA to just get yourself get ourselves into a comfortable position, and then just let it really, really slip away in a ridiculous fashion. I I agree. Um, so in the first half, uh, what did you think of the the offensive play compared to what you've seen in the previous couple of games? Well, to be honest, you know, I I am never really that uh, that critical of our of our offensive effort in terms of in terms of chance creation. You know, our problem is always, for me, uh, putting our chances away. I see a lot of our supporters say that we we don't uh, we don't actually create many chances in our games. I actually disagree. I think our problem is not creating chances. It has been in most of our games, at least, uh, putting them away. So, I, I to be honest, I I thought we did okay offensively. Yeah, for me, I thought we were a little bit more fluid in the front three. I think the build-up play is still really slow at times. Uh, It's like, does everybody have to touch the ball before it goes into the attack? (laughs) I I get that sometimes. And then we played a a lot of wasteful long balls. Um, For me, I think it's very hard to put the ball behind a back three or a low block in between that little space between the keeper and that back three. And I think we were wasteful in that. Uh, but, we, you know, we, we did create some chances. We did put the ball in the back of the net twice in the first half. Unfortunately, we, it was nil-nil at halftime. Um, and you're thinking, well, my thoughts at halftime are, all right, are we going to really not score again? That was the only thing I thought. What about you? What were your halftime thoughts? Yeah, I thought. I thought that it was going to be another one of those games, you know, as we've seen so many times this season. Just either, either we don't. Uh, sorry, we just we we have all our our chances and we don't score, and then what happens is at the end, um, we either get one goal and then we concede an equalizer towards the end of the game, or we lose as punishment for. We're not putting away the chances that we have in our games. It seems like it happens at least every second game. Very, very annoying, man. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I I can't disagree with anything you said there. So uh, coming out of halftime, um, surprise, surprise, Tuchel makes a change. And I know we've been calling for changes earlier, and he does. He makes one at halftime. And at the time, I thought of Marcus Alonso came off because of an injury because I know he was down late in the first half. Uh, but apparently, it was a tactical substitution. Uh, Saul came on for Marcus Alonso. You okay with that change? Um, not really. 
to be honest. I, it's it's probably not a change that I would have made personally. Yourself? Okay. Well, I I don't think, to, in my opinion, I don't think Saul was any worse than Alonso at mm. left wing back. Uh, of course, he did move in later on to a left center midfielder. Uh, but at left wing back, I don't remember him doing really anything good do, or doing anything really bad. So yeah. he was just kind of there as a body that we needed to put in that position. Uh, but we did make a halftime change for the first time in I don't know how long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we did make another switch as well at halftime. Uh, Reese James went to right center back. Um Dave did go to, to right wing back. Um, and looking back, they did have some chances in the first half. And those chances all came down Dave's side, right? Their left, our right-hand side. Uh, and it looks like Dave just not, does not have the pace to get back in cover. Um, so they did flip-flop, and Reese James went to right center back, and Dave went to right wing back. Um, your thoughts on that? Um, I just want to quickly say, in in regards to uh, making changes at halftime, I think I think we did it in the last game as well. Or, or when did Jorginho come off? I think Georgi- yeah, Jorginho did come off, but it was it was due to an injury. Ah, uh, yes, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean those things are I kind of separate non-injury substitutions and injury substitutions. Um, so fair enough. Thank you for, for reminding me of that. Uh, yeah, he did come off, but it was due to an injury. And I thought, again, I thought Alonzo was injured, but, uh, no, it was just a tactical thing. So, um, yeah, different types of substitution. Sometimes you're forced to make some, and sometimes you make one, uh, to change things up. Yep, that's true. Um, uh, I actually thought that we looked a little bit more sturdy toward the beginning with Reese James back at right center back and and, and Dave up at uh, right wing back. What, what were your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I agree, man. I, I just have to say I, I absolutely love Reese James, man. He's, he's going to be a massive, massive baller for Chelsea and uh, – uh, a very big part of Chelsea's future, in my opinion. Uh, Re- Real Madrid fans are saying they want him and think that Real Madrid are going to come and get him. Well, I would like you to. I would like to ask you to please piss off and stay well away, because <laughs> no, he wants I, to be a Chelsea captain someday. No, I, I totally agree with that. I think uh, Reese James is one of those untouchables. Um, yeah. So. Straight off the bat, coming out of halftime, the first chance I can remember, and it was almost right after halftime, uh, I think it was a bad pass, and Christian picked the ball up, hit it first time to Timo Werner in the box, and it was it was it was a hard ball to keep down, and Werner puts it right back at right into uh, the, the Wolves' keeper uh, Saul's hands, it was directly at him. Again, not the easiest strike to hit because the ball was bouncing a little bit. Um, but, you know, we came out lively from half on the jump. I thought yep. we were uh, right at it. What were your thoughts uh, for the first 15, 20 minutes after half? Yeah, I was, uh, 
I was really pleased with the way that we were with that we were attacking. You know, I I, I felt a goal was coming, and of course, it, uh, eventually it did. Um, and yeah, look, I I just don't understand how we can attack the way we do, like like we did in this game because I thought we attacked quite well, you know, and. Uh, and I can't understand how we can play like this and just get some of the results that we have gotten this season. It's just absolutely shocking. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, bottling it is capitulation. When, yeah. uh, you know, last year when, when results started to go against us, we could stem the bleeding, as they would say, you know, apply a tourniquet. This year we're just bleeding out all over the place. Sorry for the graphic reference, but it's pretty apropos, I think. Yeah, I agree. So, well, yeah, let's go get into it. After that chance, uh, we were on our front foot. We were playing some 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 pretty good football. And in the 54th minute, uh, Christian Pulisic plays a ball into Romelu Roma Lukaku. Uh, and it's Jose Sa is trying to see the uh, uh, Roman size, excuse me. Just trying to see the ball out through the end line, and uh, Rom stops him, and he the, uh, he goes down. He kicks out at Rom, and uh, right away I thought it was a penalty. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree as well. Yeah, penalty. So, yeah, the 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 play did did continue. Uh, VAR did review it, and when the referee who well, let's not even get into the referee uh, <laughs> when the referee looks at the at the screen he does uh agree that he that Saiz kicked out penalty and uh with no Jorginho on the pitch no Havertz on the pitch no Mason Mount on the pitch who steps up to take it but the big guy himself Yep, and I was thinking, oh, Rom, this is this is your chance to at least at least momentarily shut people up, and you know, a chance to to get a goal. And yeah, he stepped up. He had to step up, and step up he did. It was a lovely penalty. Yeah, and and my thought was, okay, this is either going to put the be the nail in his coffin. Or this is going to be the thing that gets him going, right? Yeah. And it was. It was the thing that that, yeah. that uh, got him going. You know, he stutter steps, uh, sends, sends the keeper the wrong way, bang in, in the net, back of the net. We're up 1-0. Um, and there, then uh, not too too much longer after that, uh, that was in the 56th minute he scores the penalty. In the 58th minute, uh, Christian Pulisic inter- intercepts a pass from Connor Cody, feeds a nice weighted ball into Romo Lukaku, who takes now full of confidence, takes it on his right peg, and smashes it from about 20 yards. Nothing the keeper could do. Uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely beautiful goal. I loved it. I jumped for joy, and it's exactly what we've been wanting to see out of the big man, you know. And um, 
he stepped up at a time when we really needed him to because we really needed to try and secure this win. We really needed a result. And um, yeah, today I want absolutely no criticisms uh, about that man, towards that man, because he he had a job to do today and he did it. So, yep. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not uh, Lukaku's biggest fan after all that's gone on this season. Yeah, of course. But I, I rated him a nine on the rating show today. I thought he did everything that he was asked of him. I thought he it was probably the best game I've seen him play. And I want to say to Arsenal when he, when he also had a race. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So it's been a long time, but he, I, uh, yeah, I can't take any, you know, every, nobody's perfect. This is not FIFA. This is, this is a real life. Nothing's always going to be perfect, but he played brilliantly today. Um, and then we had, we had some other chances that were created or should have, we should have done better from, um, some passes that were overweighted from Pulisic, uh, Timo Werner could have played some passes, um, didn't get his head up in time, had some, tried to play some crosses, kind of weak and poor. Um, and, uh, in the 70th minute. Things changed up. Um, they took Pedro Neto off the pitch and brought on Wong. And also, uh, Sice came off for Chiquinho. And, um, and, and then in the seven, and, and then at that time, the tide start, started to turn a little bit. Yeah. Um, they played, um, I want to say, Wong in. And it was a good save by Mindy. Um, and then in the 77th, Trincao came on and uh, scored in the 79th minute. Um, and that started by Kovacic losing the ball in the final third or close to the final third. And then when he tracked back, he ran into Rudiger, who was trying to follow turning cow across um left foot mindy doesn't move in the back of the net two one um your thought after I, I know i went through a period of time there just trying to set the stage that's okay but do you think their subs really changed that much in the game well <laughs> i tell you what they, they did something because all of a sudden, it seemed like we were playing a completely different team. I mean, they absolutely annihilated us in the end. You know, they uh, they came back and they, they got a 2-2 draw in the end. But uh, on a different day, they could have done what Arsenal did to us not long ago or Brighton because they had the opportunities. They opened us up quite a few times and we were actually quite lucky not to concede more than we did, to be honest. We did have a, a few chances. Um, Kovacic had to run the box that he probably should have done better with. Yeah. Um, Havertz had, had it when he came on um, that he took a shot that he probably should have played Pulis again. Yeah, um, I of course, but that, agree. That, that that's was what we always do, waste. right? Yeah. yeah. Play a little bit of hero ball. Um, and then in the 87th minute, 
because we're getting run through the midfield. Um, we make our second change. Malang Sar comes on for for Asplaqueta, aka Dave, aka going to Barcelona. Um, and we go to a back four. We push Saul into the midfield and we play a four three one two is what it looked like to me. Does does that sound right? Yep, and it was absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Malang Sar probably should be looking for a new place to live, preferably somewhere not in England. Uh, but yeah, uh, so that that sub happens. Um, of course, then uh, Kai comes on in the ninety-first minute. We already told you a little bit of what happened. With that, um, he had the one shot off target. Uh, we have a corner kick, and it's Werner and Havertz in the left corner around the 96th minute. And, um, of course, you're trying to hold hold the ball up, and there's a scrum. The ball goes out, and they get the throw into Wolves. Can, did you see who actually played the ball out? Was it a Wolves throw-in? Uh, to be honest, I, I do not recall that one, unfortunately. Um, apparently, from what I understand, it went off a Wolves player. But this is Chelsea. We know how that works. Uh, ah, yes. <laughs> they throw the ball in, um, work, work the ball upfield, uh, play a cross-field pass over to Shaquito. Chiquinho, excuse me, Chiquinho. I'm horrible with names. Got the, uh, I apologize. Got to pardon me on that. Chiquinho plays a cross in, and Connor Cody heads the ball in, and we end up at two-two. Uh, do you think that we should have done better on the cross that came in? Um, look. Definitely, you know, I, I, but it's it's just the same. You, you can say the same for the for the rest of the the rest of the game after we went two 0 up. Everybody just went to sleep, you know, in including in this uh, in this situation. And I just want to talk about the first goal quickly that they scored because sure. Um, so a lot of people. Earlier in the stream, in the World Watch Health stream, we were talking about the Mendy because Mendy was mentioned uh, as a, as a big fault of why we ended up drawing this game, which I I disagreed with strongly because I believe that a keeper can only do so much, you know, when when the rest of the team that is supposed to protect him is playing like absolute garbage. Uh, Often he's often when you're when you're the last line of the of uh, of defense, there's there's a lot of pressure, and you end up in situations where you just can't do anything about, you know. And for me, uh, the first goal we conceded was just absolutely ridiculous because it's almost as if we said uh, that, like our defenders said to them, "All right, come in, come on, walk it in." Walk it in if you want to. We'll give you all the time in the world, because this fella, he come, he comes in, 
and he's and he's just got all the time in the world and he places the shot beautifully like and i i didn't see anybody trying to to stop him you know it's like how how can you blame mendy for that do, so do you think that mendy could have uh, stopped that shot there, there, there's two issues the first issue being that um Rudiger was trying to track him across, and Kovacic ran into him. Kovacic ran into Rudiger. Oh, okay. And kind of acted as a beautiful screen for the Wolves player. Uh, you, you know, if if that had been a Wolves player that did that to, to Rudiger, it would have been a foul. Uh, so, <laughs> a little bit of Keystone Cops there, but. You know, when, I, when, when you look at the ball from the shot, not from the keepers out, but the shot in, Mindy doesn't even dive, doesn't even see the ball. And if we're going to gas this guy up to be top keeper in the Premier League, one of the top keepers in Europe, you should be tracking the ball a little bit better. Somebody's got on the left foot cr- coming across. You should expect the ball coming to your right-hand side, right? And you should be looking for it. And it doesn't look like he ever picked the ball up, never saw it. And if he did, he never moved. Uh, yeah, that, so, that's fair. Um, so I can't see whether say whether he saw the ball or not. But most keepers um, of your Ederson, your Allison, uh, even your David De Gea, I know United fans don't like him. I think he, and his, on his day, he's, he's brilliant. Oh, uh, he's kept him yeah. in a lot of games this year, including oh. against us. Um, they at least can pick the ball up late and make an attempt to dive, and he didn't. And for me, it's, I don't think he's looked good since he's come back from AFCON, if I'm honest. It's like he's not the same player. Is that fair? Yeah, I I absolutely fair. Um, I've often criticized him on streams recently because he's just done um, a lot of just really, really insanely stupid mistakes for a goalkeeper at the level that he has shown. You know, a lot of the time since we bought him, he has shown us to be an absolutely fantastic keeper. But then, um, well, a prime example of a very, very stupid and unnecessary and in the end uh, costly mistake was uh, the, the incident against Real Madrid in the first league when he couldn't make a freaking two-centimeter pass to Rudiger, you know, and then Benzema just, but he got the ball and, you know, punished us for it. And for me, um, although we could have taken our chances better in the second half of that, sorry, the second leg of that tie, uh, for me, that Mendy slip-up was the key moment of why we why we were eliminated from that competition. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think he's been shaky since he's been back. Um, I was never fully sold on him. Um, you know, 
there's a reason somebody at that age is playing at a level of a Ren and not at the top flight. There, there's obviously flaws in this game. And he looks yeah. really, and, and most goalkeepers look very good when you're not allowing a whole lot of shots on goal, right? Yeah. Um, when you start allowing those shots on goal, when your defense lets you down, world class keepers will pick you up. And he has done that in the past. I will give him credit. Uh, Brentford is the Absolutely. one stands out the most. Yeah, that he was, he was on something in that game. <laughs> he was Maybe he needs to get back Superman. on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not promoting illicit drug use, but whatever he was on, yeah. if he was well, on we're, something, we're, let's get back on it. Well, we're not um, necessarily saying that he was on something bad, so you know, whatever he okay. was. Get back on it. <laughs> I, I just had to. I just had to put that disclaimer in there. Oh yeah, yeah of course, of course. <laughs> uh, but again, uh, on the on the second goal, do you think that he could have done at least tried to come out and catch the cross or punch the cross away? Uh, look, if if memory serves, it was it was a situation where there was a lot of players around him you know maybe he thought that uh maybe he thought that he he couldn't rely on his on his defenders you know um but i suppose you know i suppose he could have he could have done a bit better but yeah it was just oh i, I still cannot believe that we conceded that goal it's my, my heart absolutely sunk i couldn't believe it you know we were just moments away from getting a very crucial three points. Yeah, it's like getting. Uh, it's, it's, you know, sorry for the for the visual. It's like getting kicked in the nuts, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, for me, I at the, you know, this is a mentality thing. Um, I want to see my keeper track that ball and make a play on it. Because yeah. um, if you punch the ball away or if you catch the ball in that moment, the game is over with. And it might be a little bit harsh, but these are the things that your world-class goalkeepers do. Um, for me, I think he was too, he's, he's been too static on his line. He's been afraid to come out of the goal. Um, and I... You know, I get again. It, people might call call me harsh or other names, which they have today already. But I, he's just he's dropped his level, and yeah, um, he has. You know, with with Kepa probably leaving this summer, do you think it's a good idea we bring in somebody to compete with him? Uh, yeah. Well, I think I think uh, definitely we'll have to if uh, if Kepa does leave. Uh, do you think he will? I think that there's a, a bunch of teams that are looking at him now. Uh, I think he's played well enough this year at the times he's been in. And he's looked like – he actually has looked like the keeper we got the first year under Sarri. Um, yeah. I think he – I don't think he – you know, people say, well, he didn't stop any of those in the penalty sh- shootout at the Carabao Cup. But those are freebies. I mean, when if a, if yeah. a keeper saves one of those, it's usually because it's a bad penalty. Yeah, that's right. I mean, how can you expect 
you, how can you just have this expectation that a that a goalkeeper is going is supposed to save a penalty because he, he the the attacker's got uh, sorry the penalty taker he's got he's got many directions that where he can place that ball you know like the a goalkeeper is uh, at, at a massive disadvantage <laughs> against the penalty taker so you know very very harsh to to criticize him for not saving penalties oh no i i agree a hundred percent um but uh i mean that go that pretty much takes us through the game um let's go in position groups uh so position groups we have the the, the back four the three the three defenders and mindy uh the middle four uh which are the two wing backs and the two center midfielders and then we have the front three of course of the attacking positions what group do you give the worst rating to? Um, look, I'm I'm going to say the defense. Yeah, for giving up the, the yeah. Um, and and which group did you think was the best on the pitch? The attack. All right. Um, I'm going to expand yeah. on that. For me, um. The attackers have nothing to be ashamed of. Yes, we could have scored yeah. well. Yes. yes, there could have been some better passes made. Yes, you're correct about all of that. But we scored two goals for the first time in four matches. I, I know we scored two against Arsenal, but we lost that match. That was the last time we scored two goals in a single match. We've only scored two goals since, if I'm correct. Is that correct? I think so. I would say so, yes. So, I think the attack played well enough to win us the game. Where I think the game was lost is somewhat in the midfield. Um, Kovacic and Ruben are not known for the defensive effort they put in. They're not defenders. Yeah. They're not. They don't have a defensive defensive mindset, and so um, I I can't be too harsh on them because I thought Ruben played very well. Actually, I I know that Matt, when he edits this, will be very happy. <laughs> yes, Matt, I thought Ruben played well. Um, Kovacic, bar the the error that he compounded that led to a goal. And the shot that he did should have done better on, I don't think was bad at all. Um, but those errors, you tend to to make people remember bad things instead of good things, right? Yeah, um, yeah. As far as, I didn't think Reese James had the best game going forward today. I thought that he he looked, I don't know, he just didn't look at it today. He wasn't on it. He didn't look like the uh, Man United, even though we, we drew that game. It didn't look like or lost that game. I can't remember now. It's been so many draws and, and, and losses. He didn't yeah, look. We, we drew 1-1. One, one. Yeah, we drew 1-1. One, one, so, okay. after, after absolutely killing them. So, surprise, yeah, surprise. That's... Another typical Chelsea uh, end result. Right. <laughs> we scored, and then two minutes later, they scored against us. Yes. Oh, at least that didn't happen today, right? <laughs> <laughs> although, although maybe if it did, we would have had time to get one back. But uh, well, it's it's it would have been less heartbreaking if they did that 
you know, but instead they decided to go even worse and take it from us right at the end. <laughs> right, right. But uh, for me, the midfield was okay. Uh, we didn't have, we couldn't do very much because no Jorginho, no Conte today. Um, hopefully they're yeah. back by midweek. Let's hope and pray. Yeah. Um, because this, this, once you get up 2-0, this was an uh, uh, this is actually the type of game that bringing on a Jorginho and slowing play down and just keeping possession would have helped. And I'm not a Jorginho fan. Your thoughts if we had a Jorginho today, would that have helped once we got two nil up? Yeah, I, I completely agree because he's got that he's got that experience, you know, in uh, in keeping things a bit more controlled. You know, him and Kante would have been uh fantastic help today um, yeah. but unfortunately it was not to be and we saw the result of that didn't we <laughs> or part of the part of the result of that so yeah yeah I, I agree I think George if, if we had him available today day, and even Conte because if you need somebody to do some defensive work you know these are best defensive uh, midfielder, or, or and really the only one that's really dedicated to playing good defense. Uh, and then our look, the, yeah, and Kante helps offensively too. You know, he's not afraid to go up there and and give it a go. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that. I think he's a little bit underrated going forward. <clears throat> that sometimes that's down to him. Uh, yeah. But the for me the. The back three, I thought they took too many too many chances. They were trying to win balls too high up the pitch, and when you do that and you and you don't win the ball and you get turned, it leads to bad things. And so I think even even Tiago today was somewhat out of position. <clears throat> you know, my ratings for the three defender defensive back uh, center backs. Uh, a one for Rudiger, a three for Thiago, and a one and a point five for for Dave, for putting his shirt on correctly. That's, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Look, I gave Mindy a three. I I'm not you know in in the past when we don't score, we've been used to giving the attackers horrible scores because they're not putting the ball in the back of the net. Well, they did it, and we couldn't defend that lead. So yeah. I think you know. Turnabout is fair play, um, but I thought the defense was was poor. Um, you can see now that heads are being turned, heads are turned. They're just they're just trying to ride out the season to, to go to to go to the, the pastures greener, right? Yeah, yeah. So I want to close with your thoughts on Tuchel today. Um, what did you think of how he set the team up, uh, his substitutions, his, and overall what he did? Um, look, yeah, the the only thing that I probably wouldn't have done is, uh, as I said, is the is the Saul on for for Marcos Alonso. I just, uh, I mean, I know Saul didn't uh, didn't do too badly, but I still feel like Marcos Alonso, as questionable as he has been at times for a lot of people, I think he still would have offered that uh, that extra. You know, leadership, uh, 
especially after uh, you know to to try to help uh, towards the later stages of the game to not to not maybe concede so many so many chances because as I said they they had a lot more than they scored they they opened us up quite a bit I think he might he might have helped with that but um, in terms of the the starting lineup I yeah I I liked it. I really liked it, to be honest. Um, yeah, there were some players that I wanted to see, as I said, uh, like like Pulisic. I was very happy to to see him get another go, as I, I always am. And uh, yeah, it was it was nice to see Lukaku get get selected, and he he um, he showed his. You know, he showed his appreciation for that today, and I just want to say quickly as well on on Lukaku. Um, I feel so so genuinely sorry for him today because uh, you know he he finally it, it seemed like he was finally going to get a break. You know, like he was finally going to get some spotlight, some some good things talked about him. People could finally talk about him. You know, turning up and scoring a couple of goals. But now all everybody is going to be talking about is the the crap result that we got in the end, you know, and the capitulation of the team. So I feel very sorry for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, for me, again, the lineup was a shock. You know, seeing uh, Rahm and 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 Pulley in there uh, worked out well. You know, I thought the, the the offense looked a little bit more fluid. Uh, I think. He gave a lot of space in the middle for Pulley to turn and, and drive, and that's where he's at the, at his best. Uh, still needs to be a little bit quicker on some passes, but you know he hasn't played 90 minutes in I don't know how long. It's been a long time. Um, yeah. Look, we we wanted to see something different, you know, because we were. I'm, I'm sure a lot of us fans were just getting so sick of the. Uh, inconsistency shown by some of the lads that always get a chance, you know. So I personally, and I'm sure, as I said, a lot of people wanted to see some something new, you know, a, a new idea, especially considering that we we needed to try and get as many points as we can towards the end of the season. And to a degree, it worked, just unfortunately... Yeah, the team as a whole could not uh, could not uh, reap the rewards of the of the good work that Lukaku did. So, yeah, I agree. The, the one thing I question is going to uh, the back four as we did to close it out. Uh, I know we wanted to put an extra midfielder in because they were tearing our midfield to shreds. Um, but for me, I would have rather. Um, Move Saul inside like we did. Played Malang Sar as the wing back because we didn't need to score or go forward. Just needed to defend. And I, instead of bringing Havertz on, I would have probably brought on like a, a Christensen or a Chalaba and stayed in that back three and played three five two. And just yeah. just parked our bus right. We could have parked our bus for. For 10, 15 minutes, we would have we would have seen that game out. Uh, so that was my I completely only. Completely agree. Yeah, I yeah, completely was, agree. 
Yeah, that was my only thing with with Tuchel. Uh, but he's he's playing with players that probably shouldn't be here, and some that don't want to be here anymore. I actually um, are going to be in Spain. Uh, you look at Marcus Alonso, probably now going to Barcelona. Uh, Cesar Aspilicueta going probably going to Barcelona. He signed a contract or a, or a pre-contract agreement, or was offered a contract that he that he said yes to. I don't I don't know how you want to phrase that. Um, well, speaking of Marcos Alonso, quickly, just I'm I'm a bit confused because not long ago he's saying how he he loves it here and he wants to retire at Chelsea if he had that option, and now all of a sudden he's tempted by a move to Barcelona. Well, so, he's yeah. Spanish, <laughs> and Barcelona is still Barcelona. Um, yeah. You know, and in, in in all fairness, he he's not really. He has his moments, but he's really not overall good enough to be the backup at Chelsea Football Club in in 2022-23, right? He's just not. Uh, that's my yeah. take. It doesn't have to be yours. Yeah, uh, I, I I can understand why uh, why you, why you would say that. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't I don't entirely disagree, but I I, I also think that he's. You know, especially in a time where we don't even know how much activity we're going to do in the transfer window, um, I probably wouldn't get rid of him at this point. You know, um, well, Emerson's coming back, so uh, he's not staying at Leon, so he's coming back. Uh, and truthfully, I'd rather have Emerson than Alonso because at least Emerson can track back and run. And that's it. <laughs> that that's my only thing with Emerson. He at least he has wheels, uh, not, not two flat tires. Um, that was for Sadiq. Sadiq, I know you're going to edit this and put it up. That was directly for you. Well, so yeah, he, he's going to love that. But other than that, you, you know, we just the mentality is gone. I, you can't have that many players on the pitch. That uh, are just just playing playing the season out, you know. They're just going it, going through the motions, as they say. Yeah, so, I agree. And it, it could end up costing us dearly. You know, it's it's really not a good situation to be in. You know. No, uh, I agree. I agree uh, wholeheartedly, hundred uh, percent. We need to we need to 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 win out, and that includes an FA Cup. Uh, but we do have leads on Wednesday. Uh, so let's hope we put a performance in, get three points, and move from there. Yeah, well, if we thought this game was tough, Leeds are fighting for survival, and they hate us. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Well, maybe they'll come out and play and not sit back. Well, leave leave more space. Yeah, correct. I actually talked about this on the on the stream earlier as well. I I actually predicted that we were going to win four one. <laughs> for the exact reason that you just said, you know they're gonna they're gonna come and attack us and give us a lot of chances to expose them. So. Well, let's ho- let's hope. Maybe I'll make a phone call to their American coach, Jesse Marsh. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, let, let's hope that they'll come out and play because if they do, I think we'll find space. Uh, and let's hope that's the case because we need the three points. Because <clears throat> we don't want uh, 
go, the gooners to go above us. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I just wanted to say as well, um, look, it, I know it's not looking fantastic currently uh, in terms of our top four situation. However, we mustn't forget that even though we have three games left that we could choke on, uh, the exact same and in fact, historically speaking, you will almost expect Arsenal and Spurs to to choke as well. So I honestly, honestly think that we're going to get over the line. You know, um, yes, they're both playing well at the moment, but it's been the same thing over and over for the last few seasons, you know, just when you think they're going to get over the line and and do what they've got to do towards the end to clinch a top four spot, they just come up short, you know, so. Yeah, well, they bottled it last year, uh, Spurs, or Spurs actually saved us last year, so it didn't matter because we won the Champions League, but. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's just hope we let's listen the season on a run. So, but that that's going to bring us to the end of today's podcast. I want to thank my very special guest, the first time. So, uh, make sure that uh, you give him big up in the comments. Alfred, thank you so much for being here. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. Uh, it was uh, as interesting as always to listen to you. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll. We'll get to uh, get together in streams again or something sometime soon. Oh, yeah. There'll be plenty of them. Uh, you know, we get the transfer market, and that's always fun streams. So uh, let's just hope we uh, move to Leeds on, or go to Leeds or Wednesday on Wednesday's match. I don't know if it's here or away, but let's see real quick. It's away, I think. Well, we play better. We play better away than at home, anyway. So let's go to Leeds and let's get three points. Uh, thank you all for listening. Please uh, give us a like, comment, share. Uh, until next time, this is your fill-in host, Uncle Jesters, aka the Tactical Texan, aka the Trash Talking Texan, signing off with my co-host Alfred. We'll see y'all next time. Up, uh, Chelsea. Yeah. All the best, everybody. Yep.